Disagreements, quarrels, little arguments or squabbles, these are all terms people use when there is some conflict. And in marriage, some may say that little disputes or disagreements can be healthy and even help you learn more about your spouse. A conflict that recurs or lingers over an extended period of time could have negative consequences on married life. And let's talk about that today. Welcome to Happy Life. This new podcast brought to you by INC Media helps newlyweds navigate through the first months and years of marriage to remind us all that marriage is a blessing. I'm Myrtle Aligato, and I've been married to my husband, Paul, since 1999. Inspiration to make your marriage thrive, you're listening to Happy Life. On the website psychologytoday.com, they mention something called the Romantic Relationship Scale, and there are 30 items that cover the sources of disagreements in romantic relationships. Some of them included not showing enough love or affection, lack of communication, one not paying enough attention to the other, and not being appreciated. Things that deal with chores and responsibilities like housekeeping and other tasks at home, and who does more work. And finally, these items such as goals in life, future plans, children, who should pay for something, or if one uses all the other's money. (laughs) And to share their thoughts on disagreements in marriage, we have Martin and Erica, who are newlyweds from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. They got married in October of 2019. Hi, Zerudos. How are you two doing? Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. How are you today? We're doing well, doing well. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Excited to be part of the show. Thank you for having us. Um, From the list that I just read to you, can you relate to one of those reasons for disagreements or, you know, a few or maybe all of them? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think definitely at first, you know, you're adjusting to each other. So definitely the lack of communication and maybe like one not paying enough attention to the other you know, not showing enough love or affection when the other person needs it, definitely. Yeah, I think um, because we were long distance, right, you can really show affection just through the phone or through a video call or, you know, sending each other care yeah. packages. But but once we were married, you know, very much excited to be in love and to, to be with each other physically, but we were still trying to kind of figure out like, uh, you know, when you're on the same flow in terms of of when is the right time to show affection? Does somebody need more? Does somebody need less? Um, and you're kind of just learning that as you go along because, you know, we didn't have the ability to kind of figure that out because we were long distance. So I think definitely that we're working from home during the pandemic and it just so happens the pandemic was the same time as the first year of our marriage. And so <laughs> right, we, yeah. we got to spend the time together physically because we had to stay at home. But at the same time, uh, I'm working from home. So it didn't necessarily allow me to to give the focused attention that I could have, even if we were in the same space for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Everybody's busy these days with, you know, multitasking. Um, and you did mention you were both in a long distance relationship prior to marriage. Uh, so what do you wish you had known about facing disagreements together before saying your I do's? Yeah, you want to take this one? <laughs> um, You're both pointing fingers at each other? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, pointing smiles at each other. Like, who wants to take this one? No, you take it, honey. No. Um, so for, for a long distance, yeah, you know, obviously the, the only way that that's going to survive outside of prayer and having faith that you're meant to be is, is communication. And, you know, um, just to be quite frank, like 
you know, we're nine years apart. And so Erica is in her early 20s and I'm in my early 30s. And so we're at different stages in life. And so the things that we're going through from day to day, whether it be work or duties or responsibilities, they're different. And so we had to adapt to that and be mindful of that, knowing that, you know, there's certain things that she has to do at this stage in her life. There's certain things that I have to do at my stage in life. Um, and if we wanted to make the relationship work, we just had to be conscious and and aware of that so that we can communicate effectively. You know, um, her mm-hmm. hour or window of opportunity to communicate may not always be the same for me and vice versa, just because we have different responsibilities and lifestyles. Um, so definitely that was one of the challenges and areas of disagreement is finding those windows where we're, we're both available to give quality time for each other. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's also um, mistakes are for learning kind of deal. You know, you try and bring up a problem or, you know, just something that's been on your mind and you see if this is a good timing. Oh, it's not a good timing. You got to read what's his headspace, what his day was like. Okay, maybe he likes it when we're both sitting down, when we're both calm, when we both don't have a lot on our schedule anymore, then I can bring it up and we can have as much time as we need for this conversation to happen. You know, what Martin said, a few of our other couples have said, you know, our spouse isn't a mind reader. So adjusting to, you know, the little nuances of how the other person may kind of react to certain things or scenarios and even words, that was probably a big thing um, in terms of adjusting to each other. But can I also ask you, you said you finally moved in together during the pandemic, and you had to go through those adjustments. So Erica, can you talk a little bit about what that situation was like? Yeah, so when we first got married, when we when I first arrived to Canada, um, at the time, Martin was living with his parents. So we adjusted like living into his room, which at the time was a twin bed. It was a <laughs> cute little closet, yeah. <laughs> And um, so (laughs) moving in with my, you know, suitcases and luggages, we're like, oh, man, where are we going to put everything? (laughs) Can I just pause? So, you know, we live in Toronto. In Toronto, you know, it's a metropolis. We live in a townhouse, multiple levels. So Toronto is all about, like, dense, compact living, right? And Erica is from the South. She's from Atlanta and her house is a little bit off into the suburbs. So she's got it. You know, she grew up at least when she was in Atlanta in this huge property, huge backyard, huge. huge. I mean, it's for her, it's not huge, but in comparison to a townhouse in Toronto, (laughs) it's like gigantic. (laughs) And so it's like her her bedroom has like a queen bed. She has her own like walk-in closet. She has her own bathroom. And that's the norm. It's not like she's wealthy or anything, but that's just the norm in the community, in the area where she lives, where it's just massive properties and and houses. Whereas here in Toronto, the norm is, yeah, we're either all in buildings or in townhouses. It's very densely populated. So you can imagine her adjustment like, hey, thanks for marrying me. Let's live in this box. (laughs) (laughs) Although I'm sure she was, you know, very grateful that your your parents, you know, allowed you to both move in there and, and get your start in life. Absolutely. Um, Especially, you know, financially. So they're very understanding and we're very grateful for that. They always tell us all the time, hey, if you want to like come over or here's some food to help you guys out a little bit. They're always sweet to us. So we're always thankful for that. They tried their best, you know, helping me to adapt to a new, new city, new life, marriage. Yeah, winter in 
quarantine, which no <laughs> one's gone before. So, yeah, just you had to adapt to not only your husband, but his parents, to his siblings, and also his siblings' wife, so the in-laws as well. So it was pretty packed in the house, but you adjust to each other's scheduling and where to navigate yourself in the house and how each other, like, how they like to clean. Yeah. So during that time, you know, when you were together and you had disagreements, how did you adjust to each other and how did you handle them? Um, I think, I mean, one of the challenges is, you know, we're in a bedroom, but not necessarily the most private in terms of like other people in the home. You know, you don't want to argue in front of other people, but sometimes you're upset at each other and you're standing in the kitchen. Like, what do you do? Right. Yeah. right? You're upset with each other, but you're in the living room and somebody's trying to watch TV. Like, it's pretty awkward. Uh, I remember uh, the late brother Rod Bruno. We were actually recording an episode of Heart and Soul, and he gave me this example. He goes, it doesn't really matter if the wife is right or if the husband is right, because the point is in principle, the point is peace. Right. And so when it came to those small disagreements that we would have in, in the first year of our marriage in the in the shared town home with our with my family, we really had to focus on that. Okay, you did something, I got upset. I did something, you got upset. But the point is not who's right or wrong, but peace. And and that's really how, how we were able to get through it was with that mindset. No, that's a great mindset. And, um, you know, with the pandemic going on and so much happening, there's so much worry, so much stress, there's loss. How has that affected how you handle disagreements with each other? We have loved ones, you know, pass away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Just either health issues or from COVID. But either way, we learned that, you know, life's too short to be fighting. That at the end of the day, you know, it's about love and peace. Yeah. So, Martin, I want to go to um, the blog that you wrote, and it was what you learned in the first 100 days of marriage. And in your blog, you kind of kept mentioning that you would just say sorry and say sorry to, <laughs> like you said, to avoid arguments, right? Yeah. yeah. And then Erica kind of caught on. And can you elaborate a little bit about that? It was like, okay, you're saying sorry, but why? Why are you saying sorry? And he's like, I, I don't know why I'm saying sorry. I just don't want to fight anymore. So, I thought sorry would do it. And maybe that kind of worked for like the first couple. <laughs> but then afterwards, it started, started to catch on. And I started to catch on because, you know, it's good as like a Band-Aid, like temporarily. Right. Like, hey, let's uh, pick our battles. So we're not going to fight about this one. Okay, you're sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, great. But then for the things that, that maybe it really matters for Erica for us to kind of delve into what's going on and vice versa. If I'm like, hey, don't just say sorry. Like, I, I want to know. I want to be able to to communicate and go through what's happening. You can't just kind of blanket it with "I'm sorry." Mm-hmm. Um, that that's kind of what was my approach. And for me, I'm very like, you know, I guess stereotypically like A to B. Like, okay, for a guy, what's the problem? Okay, what did I do? What did I say? Is that what I said? Is that what I did? Okay, I'm sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for what I did. Are we okay now? I promise I won't do this again. I'm sorry. Okay, great. And then sometimes you kind of want to <laughs> shortcut it. Like you're mad. Okay, great. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, cool. Can we just move just on now? Get to the I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to the I'm sorry. And I think. Um, you know, it's not necessarily fair whether you're a guy or a girl and you're, you're kind of the person that wants at that moment to digest it. Sometimes you just want to be able to communicate how you feel and have that person hear how you feel and to kind of just get that door closed on you. Like, I'm sorry, 
it's not necessary it's not very um considerate of the other person emotionally for sure yeah. um and and vice versa what if i'm in that moment where i want to be able to express how i feel and she's like it's fine i'm sorry and that's it it's not very it's not always conducive when it comes to emotional growth and then for resolving conflict um it sounds like you kind of both have different ways of going about it as well yeah i think uh, i mean erica's very um blunt i can also be blunt but i think erica just is naturally very um open with how she's feeling at the moment at, at early on you know you might be like wow like why why are you saying those things it might come across rude or, or mean or unkind but you know for me i have to learn well what is the intention of it if she's saying something is it to help me to correct me to show me something that i need to change you know and then other times maybe yeah she's emotional and she's upset um but being able to to read that helps in resolving a conflict because while it doesn't help if i get caught up in misreading her intention and then i'm just getting mad over the wrong thing or i'm just getting mad over something that's not necessarily speaking to why she's saying those things so um and for me like i grew up in a household of like constant yelling and uh, i remember when i was a kid one time i was like mom like she was yelling about something and i don't even think she was necessarily mad and i said hey can you not yell like you can just tell me what you want me to do without yelling like why are you always yelling and she turned to me and she's like i yell because i yell okay i just yell <laughs> and so so i think when we got married um in those moments where you may get emotional or get ups might get upset and and i may think like oh erica's yelling or she's raising her voice i'm very sensitive to that like hey can like can we just not can we not yell? And so sometimes I don't even know that I'm raising my voice and I'm yelling as well. And she's like, hey, you need to calm down. And I'm like, I am calm. And I'm like, oh, I'm not calm. <laughs> I'm yelling. <laughs> it's almost like a little trigger, huh? Yeah. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. The yelling, the yelling triggers me a lot, a lot. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm not guilty of it myself, but yeah. Um, but in vice versa, like I mentioned earlier, like I'm sensitive to the yelling, but I'm also almost overcompensating with the silence where I kind of store it all up inside and I don't really say anything so it's hard for erica even if she's yelling or not yelling to kind of understand what i'm going through if i'm not saying anything so it's kind of like a catch 22. <laughs> well it sounds like you're both kind of on the way to understanding how you each deal with you know issues and misunderstandings and conflict and that's at least you know a good basis to start developing your understanding and at this point in our discussion let's bring back Brother Felmar Serrano, a minister of the gospel in the Church of Christ. Hi again, Brother Felmar. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Sister Myrtle. Hello to you. Hello to Brother Martin and Sister Erica and to everyone who's uh, tuning in again uh, here with us on Happy Life. As you've heard, Brother Felmar, today, Erica and Martin have been sharing, you know, how they've handled some of their disagreements in marriage. What advice can we take with us today based on the Bible when it comes to handling disagreements? Well, may I first start by saying that if anyone listening right now is feeling anxious because maybe an argument between you and your spouse has happened recently, we pray that the Lord God may help you right now to be calm and open to receiving guidance. Disagreements in marriage are normal. They do happen. After all, we are not perfect beings. There is a limit to what we know at present, and there is a limit to what we can foresee. Note, too, that as individuals, 
we have different upbringings, different individual qualities. But while disagreements are to be expected in marriage, what Bible-based principle should be remembered when they arise? Allow me to read for you what can be found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 28 to 29 in the Good News Bible. Quote, A man who loves his wife loves himself. None of us ever hate our own bodies. Instead, we feed them and take care of them, just as Christ does the church. The Bible is clear. A man who loves his wife loves himself. None of us ever hate our own bodies. What can we learn from this? Treat your spouse the way you want to be treated. Don't treat your spouse the way you don't want to be treated. So to the newlyweds listening, the next time a disagreement might occur between you and your spouse, for it not to escalate, please consider the following. If you don't like being interrupted or cut off while you're trying to express yourself, don't do it to your spouse. If you don't like feeling insulted, spoken to sarcastically or condescendingly, don't do it to your spouse. If you like being given a moment to collect your thoughts and calm your emotions before continuing a discussion, so why not do that for your spouse? If you like being listened to when you're explaining your side, so do the same to your spouse. Listen well when he or she is speaking. Let's move on to another point. According to many research studies, some of the leading causes for disagreements and problems in marriage are money, in-laws, differences on matters of religion or level of faith, and even opposing preferences in spending leisure time. However, what must we also stop to consider when there is distress or lack of peace? In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 17, in the New International Version, the Bible reveals to us this, quote, And in that day I will become angry with them and forsake them. I will hide my face from them, and they will be destroyed. Many disasters and calamities will come on them, and in that day they will ask, Have not these disasters come on us? because our God is not with us? According to the verse we read, when disasters would come upon God's people, God said they would ask, Have not these disasters come on us, because our God is not with us? So that's what married couples should reflect on. Have disasters come into their life, because God is not with them? Now, this obviously is very bad news for a married couple. Upon reflecting, we realize that God is not present in our marriage. And why is that? Because according to the Bible, and we've studied this in our previous podcasts, it is God who joins husband and wife in holy matrimony. It is by God's laws and commandments that husband and wife are bound to each other in marriage. Therefore, 
a married couple should be benefiting from God's companionship in their married life. However, here we are hearing that it is possible for God to distance Himself from us. But why would God do that? When would He do that? What would prompt the Lord God to end up distancing Himself from His people, even from a married couple that He had joined together? Let's find out the answer here in the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, verse 2. In the New King James Version, we can read, quote, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, so that He will not hear, end quote. So, iniquity, or sin, is the leading cause for lack of God's presence in our life, or none at all. In married life, this can only lead to things like recurring disagreements, tensions, and heartbreak. Which is why we must not commit sins like adultery, or giving in to things like drugs, or drinking alcohol, or any other kind of vice. For how can we expect God's love, peace, and blessings to enter our marriage if we will allow wickedness to enter instead? So, just in case there's a husband or wife listening to this right now who may be asking, how then can we have God back in our life and harmony back in our marriage? Listen, please, to what we can read in the book of Malachi. Chapter 3, verse 7, in the Christian Community Bible, God says, quote, Since the day of your ancestors you stray from my ordinances and do not practice them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. End quote. Which is why in the Church of Christ that we are members of, we are taught from the Holy Scriptures that if we have committed sins and mistakes, we should repent, renew our life, and return to God. And for so long as a married couple retains God in their life, all disagreements will be resolved without compromising the harmony between husband and wife. As always, Brother Falmar, we thank you for sharing those words from the Bible with all of us. Thank you as well uh, to you, Sister Myrtle. More power to the Happy Life team. And God bless always to the married couples. Before we get back to our newlyweds, I just wanted to mention that Martin is the host of Heart and Soul. It's another podcast produced by INC Media. So make sure you check that out and other podcasts like the God's Message podcast and the Faith and Family podcast. All right, so back to our guests, Martin and Erica. How much of an impact does having the same faith as members of the Church of Christ have on your relationship? Does it help in any way when there are disagreements? It's a huge impact, you know, in those times of disagreements, you look at each other and then you realize, hey, this is, you're, you have to remember that this is God's blessing. Treat it like it's your blessing. Show God that, you know, this relationship is worthy of his love, worthy of his blessings. And you base your relationship off of your faith in the Church of Christ. 
through those times, I can remember, you know, Martin reminding me that in long distance that we've got this because God's got us. We have our prayers. We're very prayerful. We had our devotional prayers and, you know, as goals and aspirations as a couple, we wanted to get married. We wanted to have a happy life together. Look at that. (laughs) And because we're members of the Church of Christ, we truly believe in our prayers. And with time, we truly see that God's blessings showered. He really does guide your plans. So Martin, how does, you know, prayer kind of shape how you handle being a husband in the relationship? You know, like, um, just to speak to, to what Erica was saying, we met each other at Washington, D.C. on a chance encounter during uh, rehearsals for for C3, for, for the... Yes, you guys had the best hashtag for your wedding. From C3 to eternity. <laughs> C3 to eternity. And you, you think about that, like, oh, uh, you know, guy from Toronto, girl from Atlanta, you, they met in Washington, D.C. for a huge church event. Um, and then, it you know, age gap, long distance. There's no way that's going to work out. And, and when you're a member of the Church of Christ, it's all the more possible because those plans however impossible it might seem to the world, uh, is guided by God. And we're proof of that. And we're thankful for that. And it's something that we include in our prayer every single day to cherish this seemingly impossible relationship that blossomed out of of faith and and prayer. For sure. Yeah, I'm a product of a long-distance relationship myself. So I absolutely know where you're coming from. And you guys use letters. Like, what is instant messaging? What, What was a JPEG? You know, it was, we had to mail photos that we had to print to each other. Okay, now I'm aging myself. Let's 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 move on. Um, <laughs> so, Erica, you did mention that with this pandemic, you've experienced some loss too with family. What do you pray for now in terms of how this pandemic has affected you and your marriage? You know, especially yeah, with the pandemic, you realize that life's too short. That. You know, we pray in our devotional prayers that God will take care of all of us and keep us healthy and safe and all of our loved ones and friends, that everyone's going to be okay, that God's plan will, you know, plan out and that he'll always keep us all safe. But bless us especially in our duties so that all of us can be united in one faith so that we'll all be together in the end. Absolutely. Um, So why don't we finish up our discussion today with this question? When it comes to disagreements, what are you both still working on in your marriage? Um, I think we're at the stage now of of being a, as goal-oriented as we can be. Right now, knowing the pandemic has hurt a lot of people, like Erica said, everybody everybody is suffering. Yes. And right now, we're in a position where we're very, very blessed. We're very, very taken care of. Uh, in every aspect of our marriage at this point. And, and so really our goal isn't so much like, what are we trying to figure out that, you know, that we're fighting over our goal is how do we share as much of the blessings that we've received to our, to the immediate ones that need it the most in our life with God's help together as a married couple, how can we help spread the blessings and, and share what we have with the ones who, who aren't as fortunate right now? For sure. Yeah. So it was so great to talk to you both today. Thank you so much for having us in your podcast. You've opened up a conversation that we don't usually have on a regular basis, but appreciating each other, you need to have those times too. 
thank you for sharing that because, you know, what you really have to hold on to is each other and your love for each other and the blessing that God did give you through marriage. So we heard how Martin and Erica have learned to deal with little conflicts in their marriage. And most of all, we heard God's words and advice through the Bible. We hope that all of this information will help every married couple to get over any tough spots when it comes to handling disagreements between husband and wife. Now for our next episode, we have a topic that falls under the inadequate attention category. What do you do when your spouse has tuned out and they're physically there, but maybe mentally somewhere else? We'll be delving into that interesting topic next time, so make sure that you tune in. And that's all we have for you today. To learn more about Christian relationships, please visit incmedia.org. If you have any questions or just want to send us a message, email us at info at incmedia.org with the subject, Happy Life. Thank you from all of us here on the Happy Life team. We're so glad you joined us today and hope we've all been reminded about the blessing of marriage. Marriage.